the Paul Truesdell Podcast, Tuesday, February 27th, 2024. We are going to talk a little bit about NVIDIA and the valuation. What's your initial thoughts on it? It's an amazing, I what, two to three years if you look at it. Um, it's kind of been obvious that they were going to take this super track, but I don't know, the, the hype to me seems a little bit above <laughs> reality and is not as long-term thinking as it should be, but, you know, that's kind of how things go when you get fads. People are extremely exuberant about uh, about things, especially AI and all of that, and they are effectively the only major engine that is pushing all of that forward. So, you? Well, let's pull back and talk a little bit about uh, just exactly what the co- who the company is, what exactly they do, but I think... Um, because I don't think a lot of people really understand what their processes and procedures are. Let's just, let's run through that in terms of uh, invention, manufacturing, high end, low end. Let's just kind of cover the big broad picture briefly. Yeah, I mean, so it's valued like an insane tech company, and basically they are. Um, they don't manufacture anything, as far as I'm aware. If they do, it's extremely small scale stuff. I think they outsource all manufacturing to a handful of partners. Um, this, so this is a technology company that really is focused in the area of uh, intellectual capacity development. Yes, it's pure design, pure okay. design. Now, granted, they sell a product, but they don't do the actual manufacturing. And, and if, if we've learned anything over the past couple of years with all of the talk of chips and everything in the, in the media, the thing is the manufacturing, even if you have a good design, the manufacturing is still a really hard part. And so you have people like... Um, Let's say like Apple. Apple does the design. They have the intellectual capacity and capabilities, but uh, the actual manufacturing generally takes place someplace else. It's all outsourced. That includes the chips. Yeah. That includes the specialized hardware. That includes the actual finished product. They they don't do any manufacturing. They're purely a effectively a design company that then sells the finished product after the uh, person makes it. And it's kind of like a lot of these, uh, you know, most food brands you buy things from. <laughs> they do the same thing. They have these large production kitchens and uh, uh, food manufacturing plants that, hey, we developed a product, big company makes it for you, and they deliver it to shelves. And, you know, it's, well, they're an aggregator. The word I would use is they are an aggregator. Sure. Yes. Well, well, they're a designer. I would say, you know. Well, no, I was referring to Apple. Apple, if, Apple when it comes to manufacturing in Apple, yes. they're an aggregator. Yeah, they aggregate a lot of parts together. But it, anyway, yes, it's very, very, very akin to Apple. I, I hadn't thought of that, but that is that is exactly right. In that, um, you know, unlike the old GE or, or somebody like that, or or any modern car manufacturer, there's not a lot of vertical integration. It's um, it's outsourced. So. Yeah, you know, you used to have uh, on Ford, you used to always open your your door and on the rocker panel, if anybody even knows what that is anymore. Uh, there used to be, say, Body by Fisher. <laughs> Doesn't say that anymore. No. Of so there is no more bodies. It's all robotically put together. So NVIDIA is really the benefactor of uh, a cultural trend. And I would say the cultural trend that it has benefited from dramatically would be two things. Uh, well, let me say it's, it's th- three things. Social media, gaming, and uh, basically uh, everything in the world becoming technology-based. Well, in particular, they're benefiting right now from insane focus on AI, AI, AI. 
And but it's interesting because you trace their their roots back. And, you know, if you want to talk about that for a minute. I do. I want to go into their family history and where, where the founder comes from and how he was an overnight success like Colonel Sanders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody thinks uh, NVIDIA is an overnight success. But the reality is if you've been following the tech industry for any, any, any reasonable amount of time, you'll know that Jensen, uh, last name Huang, I guess. Um, but Jensen, is that everybody knows him. That's is, not a T, by the way. <laughs> Um, he, he is a, he is a, uh, a known entity. He's, he's kind of a charismatic, interesting character. And, um, he in particular, he's, he's Taiwanese and he, I guess, um, I, I don't know, is he, yeah, he's born in Taiwan, came to the United States, got his degrees and whatever. And, um, anyway, he ended up uh, being a designer at AMD advanced micro devices, um, and from there, I guess. And that's uh, no slouch company. No. Well, no. I mean, they've been around for a long time, and, and they're basically the only serious competition to um, Intel for the past, I don't know, 30 years. So, you know, he cut his, he cut his chops for at least a little bit at, um, what do you call it, uh, at AMD. And anyway, you go forward, and he, in 93, founded NVIDIA. And... NVIDIA in the first handful of years, as far as I'm aware, I mean, I uh, there may be some secret history to it, but effectively they, their idea was um, at a time when this was not a unknown concept, but it was a trend and he saw a way to do it different, better, whatever, is a, a graphics coprocessor for uh, personal computers. And I think so an add-on chip that did the graphics processing instead of on a separate dedicated unit. Yeah, and I'm going to give a context to that. To everyone who is used to video and audio on the internet, when I was Paul at AOL.com, I remember when we lived in Dunellen and I had my very first picture that came across the internet. And I said to your mother, I said, you've got to be kidding me. Who in the hell puts a picture on the internet? It took like two hours for this thing to slowly download you know it was like uh, the movie contact where all of a sudden it's uh, uh uncle a giving a speech and it's like uh oh we got a problem the uh, our visitors from outer space have got the wrong idea of us and and it's just you know how things have developed so having that graphic interface a whole different processing system that's that's critical and that's a that's that's been their that's been their key well, yeah, I mean, they, that's where they started was, was was graphics processing. And, you know, from a technical perspective, I mean, they basically, um, you know, kind of reviewing notes here, they they announced uh, in uh, when they were developing, I guess, uh, one of their early graphics cards that they would only support triangles. What? No, that's new to me. Well, so all graphics programming is triangles. Oh, well, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Most people don't know that. Yep, nope, I but, wasn't thinking. So when you start to think about it, it's funny because they, 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 they were ahead of the game even then. Um, that was very unique at the time. Um, anyway, so for years and years and years, they've been uh, trading blows or, or in the past 10 years, the big behemoth for graphics processing. Um, but the thing people don't realize is graphics processing is highly specialized. Basically, it's, a, uh, it's an extremely good vector math calculator that's that's what a graphics processor does exactly okay. um if you don't 
understand. Go brush up on on, <laughs> on your advanced high school math. It's it's not super hard, but basically you're calculating matrices all day, um, and this is a basically a super powerful machine to do that. Um, you know, every little thing on your screen has to be calculated. Uh, every depending on what type of machine you have and what you're doing, um, 10, 20, 30, 50, 60 in gaming, 100, 200 times a second. Yeah. And it's it's an intensive calculation that it has to be done. But the thing is, it's being done um, very efficiently. And it only does this one thing for the most part, and it does it really well. So that's why when the cryptocurrency craze kind of cooked off, um, graphics cards were extremely useful for certain kinds of, um, for certain types of uh, quote unquote mining of cryptocurrency because all it was is just lots and lots of math. That makes sense. So that was really the first big boom in uh, alternate uses of uh, the graphics cards for for processing. Obviously, there are other things, but throughout the years, and Nvidia has been ahead of the game on this for a long time. In a way that I remember back. Well, gaming has been. Well, Absolutely gaming, critical. Gaming was their their bread and butter for a long, long time. And and to that to, end, I mean, there's a word called gamification, which has a different real meaning. But I, I think the thing that we should remind everybody, uh, you know, websites have been gamified. You know, you don't have Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, very simple, basic website. Very few sites are out there. So everybody's got video and audio and pictures. And, you know, that takes yeah. power to compute. It does, um, but most of that doesn't require graphics, and that, that's that's kind of the interesting thing is is graphics coprocessors are really required for um, really only high end games. Okay, and they're they're necessary the way things have been designed, but not the really high end stuff. Not well. Let me ask you this. Okay, yeah. let me ask you this. It has not the downflow to the lower chips. A lot of that. You know, because they have invented so many things in the, in the processing, it, it's made everything easier. I mean, chip speed has gotten insane. Yeah, but I, I don't. I, I'm not. An you expert. don't think it's necessarily I'm not correlated. An expert. I don't know that the gaming graphics card technology has led to as much in that realm. The big thing it's led to, though, going back a little bit, is going back 20 years. I mean, I remember kind of being dumbfounded at why NVIDIA was investing so much time and resources in promoting CUDA, which is a series of technologies, but the big thing is is they have this uh, application programming interface on their cards that enables you to do crazy math. So it leverages the mathematical calculation capability of the graphics card to do insane mathematical calculations on on the device instead of graphics, right? So you have right. two interfaces, right? right? One is more mathematical based, one is more graphics based. And obviously the mathematical, like for a long time, yeah, there's been some really specialized uses of this technology, you know, um, uh, scientific research, uh, space research, uh, uh, medical research. I was going to say like medical that. diagnostics. I mean, the, the, the imaging just for all of your... Well, so it's not really as much as it's imaging as it's, you know, trying to analyze data, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's weird. It's it's extremely weird. The, but for a long time, I mean, those use cases, uh, 
the gaming stuff, at least as far as like horsepower required, has far outweighed the need for these other things because it, it just was overkill. Um, so it's interesting because they continue to invest in this and invest in this and invest in this. And then the, then the cryptocurrency craze hit, right? Right. And the cryptocurrency craze uh, actually is the first thing that created a drought in graphics cards in a long time. And it's basically been that way for 10 years. Um, you know, on and off, depending on how things were going in the cryptocurrency markets and whether it was worth investing in. But uh, NVIDIA has taken advantage of that to its fullest extent, uh, limiting supply when there's massive demand to pump prices up uh, to the chagrin of basically anybody in the quote-unquote PC gaming industry. Um, they've learned to hate their big green giant who powers their games because they do nothing but just squeeze every last little penny by manipulating the supply chain to make sure that these things cost the very most that people are willing to pay for them. And usually that demand is driven by, unfortunately, cryptocurrency, at least in the past 10 years. Have the prices come down at all? No, they've gone nowhere but up. Which, of course, reflects in the price per share of NVIDIA. Well, see, that's the thing. So, so moving forward to the advent of AI, AI, machine learning everywhere, um, NVIDIA's focus has completely gone away from gaming to a, to a point that people are honestly wondering how long they're going to... I mean, they've reallocated most of the engineers, as far as I'm aware, from the gaming side of, of NVIDIA to the uh, uh, you know uh, data center computing division. And that's where most of their in, that's where most of their revenue is coming from now is specialized chips for the data center. Um, it's based off of the same technology, but they're just you know instead of a you know six seven hundred a thousand two thousand dollar card, it moves it to something that costs fifty thousand dollars that you put in a server, and they can't make them fast enough. So let me just say something real quickly for those of you who uh, who know what we do here. Uh, data centers are a thing. When it comes to real estate investment trusts, you actually have uh, REITs that do not invest just in high-rises or in strip centers or in mobs. That's a, an acronym for medical office buildings. But you have uh, REITs that will specialize in data centers. And I remember when data centers was a brand new phrase, and I remember going, okay, I, uh, are we talking about manila file folders and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm old. We're both old enough to remember when we did we, that. We were absolutely. just talking about that, and uh, it, but now it's a real thing. And and uh, we've got them right around our, our office here, uh, right down the street. We have a, a a big one. So data centers are a big deal, and they're being driven by very high and and uh, Nvidia chips. Now the other thing, real quickly, a lot of people don't realize chips are in everything. Oh, <laughs> that's an understatement. That's an understatement. I remember. Uh, a fellow who's also named, first name is Paul, told me, you know, chips will be in everything you, you can possibly imagine. And, and, and uh, I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't see it. I didn't, I did not see it. I wish I had given him more credit. Uh, he was wrong on just about everything in the world except for that one item. <laughs> but hey, you know. Hey, you know, you know, you know what they say. Every, uh, every, every gambler. <laughs> Every gambler quits right before their big win, so he's, yeah, he's got to keep going. Yeah, he's kind of like a <laughs> clock. He was he was he was right twice twice in the, in a day, uh, but uh, 
But yeah, so you, what we've got here is we've got chips doing everything in the world. I mean, we're recording this. We've got a, a computer that is uh, pretty damn powerful, and it's, uh, it's screaming. We've got a gigantic monitor that I'm looking at, and it's, uh, it's screaming. You've got your computer. I've got my phone. We're all going to glow from... I think uh, the only thing in front of us that does not have chips in it are the microphones. Oh, yeah. There you go. But, I mean, at least a digital chip. There's probably some analog stuff in there. Well, there definitely is, you know, getting the power and doing doing some doing a couple simple things. But I do know that I have a coffee cup and there's no chip in it. But no, I, because you don't have the coffee cup that tracks how much you drink because you're too dumb to remember or mark it down. On a there's probably there. a chip in the coffee maker that we. Have. No, no, it's, it's not. It's that anal- doesn't. It's all analog. No. Yeah, but yeah, but you know where I'm going. It's well, just speaking of which, I mean that that is an art that is dying, and it's funny because I. What do you mean? Analog, analog, oh, analog, analog device design. Yeah, everything, yeah. But but analog device design is is a dying art. And what's funny is you know when every when 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 a a real uh, X class solar flare fries uh, our stuff and not just you know one AT and T like relay tower or something like supposedly happened recently or, or something. Um, people are going to be wishing they had the some analog devices around so they can yeah, do things. In, in pro, we haven't done one of these in a long time. And, and for those of you who, who do listen to us on a, on a fairly regular basis, I apologize. Paul and I have just, uh, Paul the Younger, Paul the Elder, I'm the Elder. We've been just incredibly swamped. And so a uh, big giant apology for that. We had previously said we were going to talk about solar flares and how they affect things, but we'll, we'll do that another time in detail. That's an evergreen topic right there. Oh, God, yeah. But yeah, so so Nvidia is interesting because the, their history is is one of kind of really always being ahead, and and Jensen in particular has has obviously seen the future, um, and and he he knew where it was going. So you know they developed this this graphics calculation uh, interface for their cards, and continued to promote it and put all this energy behind it. For you know, in a, in a very serious way, like first class developer support and all kinds of stuff for people that were using it, um, you know, hoping to get it in in every which way, in in business and uh, in, into the development pipeline of the future. And like I said, I mean, it, it struck gold with uh, in a, in a very um, I don't know uh, unsavory way with with, with cryptocurrency. But with AI, it's it's very mainstream. It's not something that's uh, uh, viewed as silly or, or uh, unethical. That's another topic we need to talk about. We need to go through the history of cryptocurrency and talk about chips, talk about free power, talk about uh, interesting relationships and all the uh, hogwash people that are out there at the uh, dog coin and all that kind of stuff. Oh, there's we that that's there's a, an inf- there's we could talk about that every week. Until both of us die, it is it is you know the other topic never ending. Yeah, there 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 thing we need to start talking more on is uh, we need to start talking more about China because there, there's there's a couple of topics that we are going to talk about. I'll just do a quick plug here. We're going to talk more and more and more about uh, Russia and Ukraine. We're going to talk about uh, in just a second. I'm going to move into the chip manufacturing as it applies to Russia and the Ukraine war. Uh, but there's a couple of topics that. All yeah, relate sure. like Nvidia. We've got to talk about it because one of the things I, I told you the other week, I said, you know, the problem with Nvidia is that I'm at an age now where I begin to remember things more and more and more. And in 1999, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with things, uh, 
George Bush was running against Al Gore to become president of the United States. Okay. And Clinton was president and Bush was saying, you know, we're already in a recession. Things are, are going down and we've got to do things. The powers to be in the Clinton administration were saying things like, yeah, you keep saying it and you're going to cause it. Okay. That's, there's some truth to that, but the reality is in 1999, if you take the 10 largest companies by capitalization out of the stock market, stock market was down. In 1999, it was up. And then, of course, in 2000, we had the dot-com explosion. Everything blew up. And, um, you know, 911 occurred not too terribly long after the election and all that sort of stuff. But if NVIDIA is a major, major component of the growth of the stock market. Now, I'm not saying it's a, it's a sole driver. It's one of them. <laughs> but if you take NVIDIA out of it, we don't have the big run like people think we do. Oh, no. But honestly, that's most, that's most bull runs on the market. They're driven by a couple trends. I mean, and everybody else gets dragged with it depending on the general health of the economy. Right, right. I mean, look, the, the, the guy who pushes the broom gets a pay raise when the boss makes a you know, billion dollars a year, generally yep. speaking. Yeah, so so to, to kind of go back and, and just kind of do finish the brief overview on on wh why they're at where they're at, um, you know, I've kind of given the, the the cultural reason why they're at, you know, AI machine learning is the driver of this, and the competition just simply really doesn't exist, at least on the uh, large data center side. I mean, AMD, they're the only other company that makes graphics cards in any serious quantity. Um, AMD is competing with them as hard as they can, but um, they neglected their their graphics design department for a lot of years um, and have been in the process of rebuilding it over the past, I don't know, five, six years. And unfortunately, you know, they're just, they weren't as, as prepared for this as NVIDIA was. And, and so why was NVIDIA prepared for this the way uh, compared to everybody else? Um, so like I said, they invested in their, 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 let's call it their math calculation pipeline, right? That was, they kept that just as important as the graphics, even though there was very little demand for it by, you know, sales. Kept pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, and they invested in strategic technologies that would help them in the future. And this is one of the things I think a lot of people just simply don't have much knowledge of. I don't hear anybody talking about it except for a handful of nerds that do semiconductor analysis and stuff. And they've they own um, can't remember can't remember off the top of my head the name. They bought a a company, um, well a series of companies that basically own network technologies. So they applied a lot of their R and D and stuff to not just taking the big graphics cards that you use for gaming and then applying them to a data center, but then also being able to link them using proprietary networking technology to other servers in the data center. That's huge. So that you link them together so they create low latency, Super shared, pool, shared pools of memory, yeah, and, and basically extremely fast interconnects across not just the cards themselves in a single box, now multiple boxes together in an entire rack and now multiple racks together and on and on and on. Now you have, uh, you know, I'm sure there's, there's some reasonable limits, but I, my understanding, uh, based on, you know, this has been a, a couple months since I dug into this, but you know, they're in the, I think they're 
I might be totally wrong about this, but I think they're approaching like a terabit a second of bandwidth between insane. boxes, which is insane. But you know, when you're loading a graphics card with 200 gigs of RAM, you have to, to do have machine it. learning. I mean, yeah. there's no other, right. you have to, um, it's, it's wild. Um, or it might be more than a terabit because a terabit, uh, maybe 400 gigs a second, something like that. I can't remember exactly, but it's, it's crazy. It's a, it's a, it's a number that is beyond normal calculate, uh, well, understanding it, it's high end data center math. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I read up about this a, a, several months ago and it's interesting because there's, there's a handful of reasons that basically bandwidth and data centers in between machines, like it like doubles or triples every few years. And it's based on how efficient they can leverage the fiber strands. It's how they can multiplex the data add fiber strands, better utilize them, better be able to process the data coming in and out of them. You know, it's just, it's this weird math equation and, you know, where like Moore's law applies to silicon with data center communication technology, it's just as important. And it's funny because there's actually like three variables at play and they all move at their own kind of like a rough, you know, approximated cadence, right? Right. So there's this just kind of weird uh let's call it uh uh exponential increase and it's for one of these three reasons so anyway it's interesting because the you know you go forward and they have this huge it's not a monopoly but what they what nvidia does is they sell the the data center uh graphics cards for for high performance computing they sell them in combination with the networking equipment so people forget that's the reason they're dominating because nobody else has this. You know, you have competitive products um, from other companies, but they don't have both of those pieces together. And, you know, uh, Google has their own proprietary internal silicon for machine learning in their own data centers, but they simply won't be able to compete on the open market without a networking solution that they can also sell with it. Right. Um, AMD is stuck with the same problem. Intel, if they were even remotely thinking about competing, which they are, I don't think they are. Yeah, what the hell happened to them? That's a, a whole another day's discussion, discussion for another day because yeah, it know. is it is a it is a weird situation, and I think their prospects could be bright if they are able to keep moving forward and turn things around over the next couple of years. But anyway, um, it's in, so 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 Nvidia is is really just a they invested in all of the right things. They were positioned very, very well, and they just got extremely lucky with the the culmination of events with regard to machine learning and and quote unquote AI, uh, as as the as the public knows it, and um, that's where they're at. That's that's why this you know if the fad of AI goes away, Nvidia is going to have hard times. The likelihood is that's not going to happen. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting trajectory they've been on. Um, again, it's it's uh, a lot of people think it's an overnight success, as you said earlier, and it couldn't be farther from the truth. It's thirty years. It's 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 an overnight success. Thirty years in the making. It's also a er lot of very good decisions by by the founder and, and CEO. But but I think also you had mentioned. I think we should discuss just real briefly. Excuse me. The fact that his cousin and you have. A family relationship when it comes to manufacturing in Taiwan. 
Um, I don't know about manufacturing, uh, but um, I know just from a thing that was in the media uh, somewhat recently that uh, AMD is run by a woman by the name of Lisa Sue, and she's this new turnaround CEO that they hired probably, let's say, five, six years ago or something. She's done a very good job. AMD was basically left for dead by private equity and and uh, mismanagement. And uh, she's really turned the company around in a serious way. But it turns out she's a uh, <laughs> she's uh, like a, a distant cousin to to Jensen. I, I, I remember seeing a, a family chart, a family tree chart. Now that I think about it, I can't remember exactly what uh, <laughs> what their what their family distances. But anyway, it was close enough that it was worth it's close enough that it was worth um, mentioning. A couple of uh, weeks ago, I saw a Joe Rogan podcast uh, where he uh, literally said, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> he took a break, and the other guy said, oh, okay, man, me too. So he came back. So we had to take a quick, quick break, not because of the bathroom. We had a computer issue that uh, was unrelated to everything we had to get fixed. So let's pick this back up here. Um, one of the things that I just think that it's important to always remember, never forget, is that as an investment advisor, we do we do a lot of research, a lot of forecasting, a lot of a lot of digging. It helps to be uh, an autodidact, uh, but you, me, everybody on around here that does that uh, to do the research. It's all about an investigation. People call it due diligence. I just call it a good old fashioned investigation. You got to follow not only the money, but you got to follow people. You you know like um, the uh, uh, the PayPal mob. You know I mean those guys. It very well for themselves. If you go, and, and same thing with uh, Jobs and and uh, you know Steve and Steve. But my point being is that you've got to, is who's connected. A lot of times it's the marriage and family connections, and I just think it's really cool. For example, that you have all these new people in technology that remind me when I was a kid of when we heard stories about how cool it was at IBM, how cool it was at Kodak, how cool it was at Polaroid, how cool it was at, you know, like uh, nobody talks about this anymore, but how, you know, the assembly line production was created by Henry Ford and all these things from years ago. And yeah, now they kind of like drift away, but there's always a need for the brainiacs and people who know how to do math. And, you know, these people are not... The people who are doing this are not diversity hires. These are people that know exactly what they're doing. Oh, I don't yeah, care what yeah. the, I don't care where they come from. Can you do the job? Well, yeah, Nvidia. The, the thing is to emphasize, you know, the manufacturing component of extremely high-end uh, microchips is hard. There are a lot of very hard problems to solve. They're typically, you know. Typically, each design requires solving hard problems, mm -hmm. even if the process stays the same. Um, and that's a lot of very strange physics problems that they have to solve to get things to work. But the other thing is the design of these chips is not an easy task. Um, it is, is extremely difficult. The, the problems they're solving are extremely specialized. That you know, We're talking literal handfuls of people in the entire world have the knowledge and and contextual base to be able to solve them. So, you know, this is a, this is, this is a, and I, I think I want to emphasize what you just said. There's a handful of people in the world. That's a, that's an absolute God given fact. Yeah. 
No, I mean, you know, we're talking maybe a few dozen if if we're lucky have, you know, the, you know, at, at the top end to do some of the stuff that these guys are doing. Um, you know, when I say these guys, I mean the, the various companies, you know, AMD, NVIDIA, Intel, uh, the silicon manufacturing. You know, I'm not talking about specific people because, you know, <laughs> it may take one guy at one of these companies that does, that figures one little thing out and then everybody can exploit it. And that's the product, right? It's, it's, it's really, really, really amazing stuff. Um, and that doesn't even count the people that make, you know, the, the machines that make the chips. Because, you know, while the, uh, the people like uh, TSMC are, are very valuable, um, they don't make the machines that make the chips. Right. All they do is they buy the machines and figure out how to use them properly, which is a challenge in and of itself. Like people... That whole supply chain, manufacturing chain, that is, that, again, I, I, because we have so little of that in the United States and so little of it concentrated in one area where somebody can go like, oh, yeah, um, what's the area in China? I can never get it uh, where <laughs> literally you can walk and get anything you want in the world. Uh, what's that? Uh, Shen, well, Shen, Shenzhen. Shenzhen. Um, is, is one. Um, but that's, they don't do a lot anyway of silicon manufacturing there. What I was referring Mostly to the assembly and, and lower end stuff, but yeah, what I was referring to is the fact that the, the, there are very few places in the world where I guess I would say like the New York stock exchange used to be located in New York. Uh, the, <laughs> you know, you used to have floor traders, you used to have people who talked about things and now everything is digital. And I think you lose something when you don't have people who can, interact face-to-face -face. Uh, the phone and, and video conferencing are never the same yeah sure so and and the other thing is i you know i like to th think that you have the quantitative analysis you also have the qualitative analysis the, the person who is the manager is never going to be the pro person doing the programming and the people in management have to be able to let weirdo bob do his you know he doesn't Maybe he doesn't bathe and he has long toenails, but he's a, he's, a, he's a wizard when it comes to figuring out the mathematical calculations of how to do this, that, or something else. It, it is a really, you know, some of these people are interesting cats. So we had that TV show called Silicon Valley, and it was just, it was, um, I thought it was very, very good in showing all the different personalities that you could have in well, the Silicon Valley is funny because I, I saw a quote about that the other day. Um, this guy said that, <laughs> let's see here. Um, I saved it. Yeah. <laughs> He's, this guy said, somebody asked me if Silicon Valley's or HBO's Silicon Valley was accurate. And I said, no, it's much weirder. <laughs> That's great. And he told he he thought he was joking until he told him about a venture capital friend who is a flat earther. But yet he still invests in space technology because the government uh, has to make it look like it works. <laughs> <laughs> and, I and, and, and he's right because, you know, while that's a funny anecdote and, you know, maybe made up because the Internet you know, can't prove it. But uh, it's a funny it's a it's a funny comment. You have stuff that is just as strange as that. Look at Mark Andreessen. Mark Andreessen is, you know, uh, one of the guys that runs uh, Andreessen Horowitz, um, large venture capital firm in Silicon Valley. And um, 
you might think it's a joke, but yes, he does look like he uh, is straight out of the casting for the movie Coneheads. <laughs> yes. Nope. Nobody will know what that means if they're, you know, younger than me. But anyway. Um, no, it's true. He and, does. He looks like Valdeck. And this is the genius that, I mean, the, the company, they invested tons of money into WeWork. And then Adam Newman gets shuttled out of the company. The company is ba- is going is, is bankrupt. They're going through bankruptcy procedures. They give Adam Newman like three hundred and fifty million dollars. They made him a billionaire. But this is a new for a new venture that is basically to do WeWork, but for apartments. Yeah. Guess what? That already exists. It's called apartments. Yeah, called apartments. Ooh, apartments with technology. Anyway, I, I, it's, there's so many funny Andreessen Horowitz stories especially around crypto. Um, like I remember, I, I think it was them. They, they were put, doing a big push into cryptocurrency. So they forced all of their, um, uh, what, what do they call their, their like managers? Uh, I, I don't Anyway, they have, they have a, 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 an investment sounding name for the people, uh, partners or, or whatever at, at one of these uh, venture capital firms. Anyway, um, and they forced them all to go get Series 65s. What? Yeah, because because they were going to be doing so much cryptocurrency investing oh, because it was getting regulated. They were worried they would get snagged by the SEC. Seriously, I'm not joking. So that was a waste of time. It was a huge waste of time. I'm sure they washed out a lot of their people oh, yeah. who went to other firms because this is yeah. insane. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm out here, my entire career is focused on sniffing the BS in the air and trying to find a <laughs> decent companies to invest in. And now, now we're, we're going on the cryptocurrency, like a, uh, like scam train. Like it's just insanity. You know, here's what I want to do. I'm going to, uh, we're going to wrap this up because we're about 40 minutes in this thing. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to outline what we talked about, pick it up on the next episode and, sure. uh, and let's do that. I do want to, I do want to leave with one thing. Uh, there was a group, uh, a networking group in Tampa, uh, RGA, run by a fellow by the name of Mark O'Donnell. And uh, I didn't fit in with those people at all uh, for a lot of different reasons. But I, I was asked to give a talk, and I gave a talk about uh, WeWork. Remember me when I told you about that? Uh, yeah, and vaguely. I, I was talking about real investment advisory services and what you do, and, and you have to call uh, hogwash when you see hogwash. And I went through... You know, if you look at the paper, all the different things. And you and I were really big in that. We were way ahead of everybody else. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we were years ahead of everybody. We saw through it yeah. immediately because, you know, it, when you looked at the fundamentals, it was like, this thing is, this is office space leasing. Right. Why are people valuing it at this extreme thing? They don't even own most of the buildings. Yeah. And so what I was saying to these guys is I was saying that while this company is not publicly traded, and so you, most people would not worry about it, like, well, okay, they go bankrupt. Who cares? But it's more than that. You have to look at who the uh, who's who's putting money into it, who the VCs are, and the, and it's not necessarily always VC money. You know, you have people who have who are connected into these ETFs and the mutual funds and the pensions. There's lots of ways of getting a little bit of dribs and drabs. Of, oh, okay, I'll give you ten million. I'll give you hundred million. I'll give you this. Pretty soon, you get real money. Yeah, as and time, it affects your returns. As time has gone on, there has been more crossover between. East Coast and West Coast finance. Right. Um, but yes, that is that is another topic we can talk about um, because how the, let's call it the incestuous relationship 
in Silicon Valley and how it works at a big level, like very few people talk about. It's a very interesting thing. It's very basic. It's good business. They're not stupid people. A lot of their dumb looking investments make sense for a very obvious reason. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's not obvious to the rank and file person no. or the, or the rank and file investor. Always remember 50% of the population doesn't have a pot to pee in 50% of the people out there have a little bit of money to invest, but it's still, uh, it's the 10% and 1% and even the 1% because I deal with these people. We deal all the time. They don't know what's going on, why no. things are done in a certain way. You're throwing money away. Nobody's going to make money at this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we will, but nobody else will. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like 10 years ago. If you thought about NVIDIA, it's like, well, I don't want to invest in gaming. Oh, it's just stupid. Game, ga PC gaming is going away because because uh, because of mobile phones. It's yep. like, well, mobile phones did eclipse and have eclipsed PC gaming or console gaming. I think you know they make 10 times their revenue or something like that. I, I saw a stat recently. But it doesn't matter because <laughs> these, these chips have way more versatility than just you know making pretty-looking games. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go through this. For those of you who are going to be notified of this, uh, I'm going to put together a little outline of the things that we're going to begin talking about, and I'll put that in show notes and a few other things. I'll take some time and put this together. So we'll put together a, a, a list of things that we're going to uh, talk about, and you kind of can follow us. With that, I'm Paul the Elder, and joining me is... Paul the Younger. Yeah, I like that. We're at Tipper Canoe, Tyler 2. We're out of here. Bye. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is sponsored by Truesdell Wealth, a registered investment advisor. In a sea of sameness, Truesdell Wealth is truly different, traditional, transparent, trustworthy. Visit truesdellwealth.com. This was episode 330, produced in-house at the Truesdell Professional Building. Oh,